0: Since jazz started out as an American art form, and its roots were African, and there's such a huge history of oppression of people of African origin right from the beginning of the slave trade, it's understandable that much of the politics of jazz relates to the struggle for people of color to be treated fairly. The civil rights movement in the U.S. held a lot of promise for this fair treatment, a promise that for many remains unfulfilled a whole sub of jazz called hard bop, first noted in the mid-50s, had strong political overtones. This style evolved from bebop, retaining the rhythmic and harmonic inventiveness of bebop, but it had a more explicit black identity and often saw itself as playing a part in the struggle for equality. Hard bop musicians included Horace Silver, Lee Morgan, Art Blakey, Bobby Timmons, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk, Clifford Brown, Todd Dameron, John Coltrane, and others, that it eventually evolved into something more avant garde, hard edged, and dissonant. I want to start today's program with a saxophonist who from 1965 recorded one explicitly political album after another, seamlessly merging music and politics. Archie Shepp His first of this series of recordings was called Fire Music released in 1965 Here is his tribute to Malcolm X American Muslim activist and crusader for human rights who was assassinated in 1965 It's called Malcolm Malcolm semper Malcolm Archie Shepp A song is not what it
1: seems tomb perhaps bird whistled while even America listened we play but we aren't always dumb we are murdered amphitheaters, on the podium of the Audubon, the Earl, Philadelphia, 1945. Malcolm, (laughs)
2: and <laughs> i
0: Archie Shep from 1965 with David Eisenzahn on double bass, J.C. Moses drums. Next, one from 1959 from the first Columbia LP by Charles Mingus called Mingus Ah-Um. One of his most famous compositions, Fables of Phobus." it protests Arkansas Governor Orville E. Phobos's decision to call out the National Guard two years earlier to prevent the integration by Little Rock Central High School of nine African-American teenagers in defiance of a U.S. Supreme Supreme Court ruling. Playing on the album are Charles Mingus on bass, Booker Irvin and Shafi Hadi on tenor sax, Jimmy Nepper on trombone Horace Parlin piano, and drummer Danny Richmond. Fables of Phobos. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thank <laughs> <laughs> you.
0: Charles Mingus from 1959, Fables of Phobos. Much of the roots of jazz come from the blues. Angela Davis wrote a book called Blues Legacies and Black Feminism. She says that what is distinctive about the blues, particularly in relation to other American popular musical forms of the 1920s and 30s, is their intellectual independence and representational freedom. One of the most obvious ways in which blues lyrics deviated from that era's established popular music culture was their provocative and pervasive sexual, including homosexual, imagery. And she adds, initially the professional performers of this music, the most widely heard individual purveyors of the blues, were women. One very important figure was Bessie Smith. Here's one of her tunes about marriage. Sam Jones Blues. Davis states that her performance of this song satirically accentuates the contrast between the dominant cultural construction of marriage and the stance of economic independence black women were compelled to assume for their sheer survival Sam Jones left his wife to step around, and when he comes back, she tells him, "Tough luck, buddy, I'm free and living all alone." And Bessie Smith also asserted her freedom and independence by absolutely refusing to sing in white clubs. Let's hear Sam Jones' blues, Bessie Smith, from
3: 1923. Who is that knocking on that door, Jones? Get away from that, Joe. I don't know nobody named Jones. You're in the right church, brother, but the wrong you. Sam Jones.
0: Bessie Smith with a little bit of sexual politics from 1923 in Sam Jones Blues. This is Jazz and Politics, Part 2 on Discovering Jazz. I'm going to play something by pianist and composer Arturo O'Farrell, who I had the pleasure of meeting when I went to the Havana Jazz Festival in 2015. Last program, I played a one-minute excerpt of him talking about how certain Cuban musicians have betrayed their country by adopting anti-Cuban right-wing American values. This time, I want to play another clip from that conversation where he talks a bit about his musical purpose, plus the CD he had recently released at the time and its sociological and political relevance, The Offense of the Drum.
4: The music that I play comes from... uh my joy and embrace of life that's the truth I don't play music because uh, I want to exercise my fingers or because I want to show off I try to really play music that is meaningful to human beings and to a community of people and I really try to make it relevant
0: I'm looking here at your CD on the, uh, the uh, offense of the drum yes sir you tell me about that the
4: offense of the drum is a uh, record that talks about how the drum has sometimes been used like information in our age as a tool for liberation or a tool for oppression. It went in battle before Napoleon's armies and it also conveys spiritual truths in religious ceremonies. So the drum is a really powerful, powerful tool. And in New York, specifically during the Giuliani years, the drummers in the parks were seen as a threat to the gentrification of neighborhoods. And so they were arrested. And it occurred to me that uh, that's a very powerful political reality. And so what I did is I took the reality of the music being so co-opted and so... Controlled by uh, institutions, and uh, and I decided that the drum stood in opposition to all that, that. The drum stood free of any of that, and so we put together this record that pays no respect to borders, no respect to boundaries, no respect whatsoever to institutions of governance or cruelty, and the drum binds us together in this record there's 28 different varieties of drums everything from taiko drums to peruvian colombian drums even turntables and wow. the drum is used to break across chains of oppression and uh in balls of confusion because that's what sometimes that's what we allow ourselves to think of in our societies we think of ourselves as americans or canadians or cubans or jazz musicians or latin musicians <laughs> and it's just a bunch of hogwash
0: and for you, I mean, you've played all over the world, right? I mean, you're very much, you live in New York, right? But you're very much an international person. That's what they tell me.
4: <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say.
0: Here's the title track from that CD, The Offense of the Drum, featuring Hiro Korishima on taiko drum, Ayanda Clark on djembe, and Chad Leftkowitz brown on tenor sax. From 2014... Arturo O'Farrell and the Afro Latin Jazz Orchestra. Arturo O'Farrell, the events of the drum. O'Farrell has been a supporter of Cuba and very down on what the U.S. has done over the years to contribute to the poverty within that country. Others, such as Cuban exiles Paquito de Rivera and Arturo Sandoval, have very different views. And there is a division amongst the Cuban jazz musicians, some of whom go back and forth between the U.S. and Cuba. And others who don't, either because they fear what might happen to them if they go back, or because of the bitterness they feel towards the Castros. The different views of Fidel Castro and the results of the Cuban Revolution has spread to the Toronto Cuban community as well. When Castro died, many people in the Cuban community, including musicians, were in mourning. But one well-known singer was quoted as saying, I'm glad the monster is gone. That was Luis Mario Ochoa. Here he is with El Encanto de Tus Deseos, possibly translated as The Charm of Your Desires. i Since we're talking about Cuba and its relationship to jazz and politics, let's stay with music that includes Cubans living in Toronto. Jane Bennett isn't Cuban, but she's been there many times and her home has been a refuge to Cuban musicians traveling in Canada for a number of years. A few years ago, she decided that the macho culture of Cuba wasn't giving women their due. So she consciously recruited some of Cuba's best female jazz musicians and formed a group called Mequeque, which translates as Spirit of a Young Girl. Their first album won a Juno for Jazz Album of the Year in 2015. Here's the title tune from that album featuring vocalist Deme Maracena. This is called Makeke. Jane, Bennett and Mackeke. Let's uh, end today's program with a couple selections on the theme with which we started today's episode of Discovering Jazz, an integral part of the jazz and politics theme, which is civil rights. This next song was not written as a song about civil rights. It was from what has been described as a German play with music, A Socialist Critique of Capitalism by Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill, The Three-Penny Opera. Pirate Jenny is about a maid fantasizing her revenge against the townspeople who disparage her and put her down. But in Nina Simone's hands, it comes through as a very powerful civil rights ballad. Pirate Jenny by Nina Simone.
1: You people can watch while I'm scrubbing these floors And I'm scrubbing the floors while you're gawking Maybe once you tip me and it makes you feel swell In this crummy southern town, in this crummy old hotel But you'll never guess to who you're talking No, you couldn't ever guess to who you're talking Then one night There's a scream in the night And you wonder Who could that have been And you see me Kind of grinning While I'm scrubbing And you say What she got to grin I'll tell you There's a sheep The black friend skull on its masthead will be coming in You gentlemen can say Hey gal, finish them floors, get upstairs What's wrong with you? Huh? And you keep here and You toss me your tips and look out to the ships But I'm counting your heads as I'm making the bed Cause there's nobody gonna sleep here Tonight, nobody's gonna sleep here, honey. Nobody. Nobody. Then one night, there's a scream in the night, and you say, Who's that kicking up around? And you see me kind of staring out the window. And you say, what she got to stare at now? I'll tell you, there's a ship, the Black Freighter, turns around in the harbor, shooting guns from her bow. can wipe off that smile off your face, cause every building in town is a flat one. This whole freaking place will be down to the ground, only this cheap hotel standing up safe and sound, and you yell, why do they spare that one? Yes, that's what you say, why do they spare that one? <sighs> Through the noise and to-do You wonder who is that person that lives up there And you see me stepping out in the morning Looking nice with a ribbon in my hair (laughs) And the shade A black freighter runs a flag up its masthead and a cheer rings the yeah. air. By noontime, the dock is a swarming with men coming out from the ghostly freighter. And so still at the dock, you can hear, uh, far gone miles away, and in that quiet
0: Nina Simone. You've been listening to Discovering Jazz on podcasts through Peterborough Independent Podcasters, as well as on Trent Radio 92.7 on your Peterborough FM dial. This is Larry Sadman inviting you to tune in to the next episode, which is Jazz and Politics Part 3. Today, ending off with the revolution will not be televised. That was a slogan of the Black Power Movement of the late 60s. Gil Scott Heron use it for a poem which he first set to music in 1970. Here it is.
5: You will not be able to stay home, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie May pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. Song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keith, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth, The Revolution will not be televised.